Jesus in the everyday me and you. The good news and shoes. This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. Orlando, Florida. Get ready for a weekend full of excitement, powerful worship, and messages that will change your life. It's all part of the Joyce Meyer Ministries Conference Tour that's coming March 14th through the 16th. Join thousands at the Amway Center and be led in worship by contemporary Christian artist Israel Houghton. Here, New York Times best-selling author and practical Bible teacher Joyce Meyer. I said, even while you're maturing and changing, you can enjoy your imperfect self. I said, you can enjoy your imperfect self. The best part is admission is free. Sessions begin Thursday night, March 14th. Just call 1-866-C-JOYCE or check out JoyceMeyer.org for all the details. Attention homeowners, if you're about to be transferred, promoted, or have been recently laid off, if you've fallen behind on your house payments, even if you're in foreclosure, Start Fresh Home Buyers wants to buy your house today. They're not realtors or in any way associated with a real estate agency, and they buy houses, and they want to buy yours today. For details, information is available at startfreshflorida.com or by phone at 772-260-2035. You can find out how easily you can sell your house for a fair price in as little as seven days, even if it's vacant or needs repairs. How your mortgage payments, even back payments, can be completely taken care of starting now. How to sell your house quickly even if you have no equity or owe more than it's worth. The website at startfreshflorida.com has all the information or they're available at 772-260-2035. They want to buy your house now. There's no obligation at all. Information will be kept confidential. You may contact them at startfreshflorida.com or at 772-260-2035 today. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. How many of you here drove here in a car this morning? Everybody, Nobody walked to church, did they? Drove in a car. Now, I didn't look at every car in the parking lot, but most of you, when you got in your car this morning, you didn't sit out in your car for 15 minutes and pray in tongues before you turned the key, did you? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It started. Huh? You just had faith. You just assumed by faith that that thing was going to operate the way it was supposed to operate. And when you turn the key, it was going to start parking the battery, it was going to turn the engine over, and that thing was going to start because you had gas in it. Yes. You know, that's faith. Huh? How I many know when we got here this morning and we came in at 8 o'clock to start praying over the service this morning that we didn't walk up to the light switch and come in here in the dark and look at the white light switch and start praying in the name of Jesus, I command power and light to come on. Oh God, give us faith for these lights. I mean, that's not what we did. We just flipped the switch. Amen. Walked in, flipped the switch, the lights come on. We walked by. That's faith. I knew it was going to come on. See, the problem is, is that we've got faith for electricity and we've got faith for our car to start more often than we got faith in God. 
No, I just dropped a bombshell on some of you, and you're sitting there going, what did he just do to me? Huh? Because, you know why? Because we can trust what we see, but we are moved by what we don't see. Hmm? But ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. What we don't see is more real than what you do see. It's more real because how many of you know the invisible world is more real than the world that we live in? And I know that because the world we live in is consumed in time, but the invisible world is eternal. This world is passing away. Hmm? Somebody say, now faith. Watch this. We have the same spirit of faith. I don't have decaffeinated faith. Or I don't have faith light. Come on. I have the same spirit of faith. Everybody okay with that? How many believe this morning you got the same spirit of faith? Who he's quoting here is he's quoting David. We have the same spirit of faith according to what it was written. I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. We also believe, therefore we speak. Faith has two elements. Somebody say two elements. elements. Believing and speaking. speaking. The spirit of faith has two elements. Believing and speaking. I know this every time I talk about this, people start thinking, he's, oh, he's moving into that word of faith. He's one of them faith preachers. He just, oh, too much word for me. Them people are a little bit off. They say it like you're from Texas. They're off. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Huh? Well, listen, let me ask you this. What's the alternative? Being a, a fear and doubt preacher? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a faith preacher. Come on, somebody. Yes, sir. He just wants to talk about health and wealth. Well, I'd rather talk about health and wealth than death and poverty. Amen. Thank you. We all die. Cancer's got me. Just, please play that song at my funeral. Which one? Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh, God, help us. Listen to me. Religion will try to convince you to lower your expectations to the realm of your experience. I'm going to try it again. Religion will try to get you to lower your expectations to the realm of your experience rather than rise your expectation to the level of your promise. See, faith wants you to rise up to the promise. Religion wants you to hunker down to your experience. That's why there ain't no miracles happening in the church today. Everybody's lowering their expectations to their experience. Hmm? Come on. Religion tells you don't get too excited because you might get disappointed. Right. You don't, you know. Not everybody gets healed. Not everybody gets it. Religious people, even when you begin to confess your faith, religious people will begin to tell you, you better not say that. Don't pray over that guy in a wheelchair to get up and walk because he might not get up and walk. Then you're going to be disappointed and you're going to look foolish. Huh? What if it don't happen? You're going to look foolish. And you're going to put God on the spot. Well, I got a question for you. What if it does happen? Huh? Come on now. When the enemy does that, he succeeds in silencing us. He succeeds in getting you to close your mouth from what your heart is telling you to do. Amen? How many know that if you look in front of your Bible, it will point you to the back of the original manuscripts that were written in English in 1611? Come on, if you've got a King James, it always, no matter what version you have, it goes back to the original King James manuscript 
when King James made a decree that the Word of God was to be written so that every person that wanted to believe in Jesus could have their own Bible. Up until that point, it was only written in Latin, and it was written on parchment paper, and common people didn't have a Bible. Right. Half of them didn't understand Latin. So when you'd go to church to get prayed for, all you heard was a whole bunch of them. <laughs> I don't know what they said, but it was holy. Huh? Watch this. There was a time when the word was only spoken because it had never been written. Come on now. I mean, Peter didn't have a Bible. Oh, some of y'all look like I shell-shocked you. Peter didn't carry a New Testament in his front pocket. He was living it. He was Holy Ghost in it. He went with the last direction from Jesus Christ. Go out and heal the sick, preach the gospel, raise up dead people, and make the lame to walk and the blind to see. That's what I want you to do. And that's what he did. Huh? The, second, the, the, the third century apostles didn't have a Bible, so the word was spoken until it could be written. How I many know they had to speak it before they could write it? And now that it's been written, we can keep on speaking it. Because we got a copy of it. Come on now. We've got the word. Are you with me? David said, here's how all the heroes of the Bible operated. We believed it and then we spoke it. We believed it first and then we spoke it. And watch this. How many say, somebody say the Logos word. The Logos word wraps up all the intentions of God. In other words, it's the beginning. In the beginning was the word. The Logos of God and the Word was with God and the Word was God. In other words, everything that Isaiah talked about, Jesus is. Everything he put down on paper, Jesus is. Can I go a little bit deeper with you this morning? We got time. When Jesus got here, what did he say? He said, all that the law and all that the prophets have taught, I am. He was the Word, baby. He was the Word. He was the fulfillment of the law and the prophet. So everything that Moses wrote on the tablets of stone, everything that he got on the mountain, everything out of the voice of God, everything that Isaiah prophesied, everything that Hosea prophesied, everything that Jeremiah prophesied, he said, all of the law, all of the prophets have spoken of me. In other words, I am the eternity, the entirety of all that God has ever put down in previous time. I'm it. I am. Hmm? Hebrews chapter 1 says God spoke to us through the law. He spoke to us through the prophets. But now he speaks to us through his son. That's why we got to put on Jesus. I said this a couple weeks ago. People say, well, I ain't putting, I don't put on, I'm real, I'm raw. I tell you how it is. You better put on Jesus, you're too raw. Huh? Are you with me? How many know God doesn't talk in the law anymore? It's not about the Ten Commandments. It's about the commandment. Hmm? It's about the Lord of glory. Come on. He said the whole law is summarized in two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. He summarized it. He put it all together. And then he put it in our hearts. Amen. How I many know if you do those two things, ladies and gentlemen, you won't break any of the Ten Commandments. Because if you love God and love your neighbor, you won't sleep with your neighbor's life. You won't try to cover their BMW and steal it. Look at it and go, God, I wish I had that BMW. It's God. He's speaking to us through His Son. Jesus has become everything to us that God had intended. So in the Word, it's not just letters and words that are on white pages and the ones that are in red. Somebody say the Word. The Word. 
In the Word, it's God's intentions. It's God's thoughts. It's God's ideas about us, about you. It's what God feels about you. It's what God thinks about you. It's what God has promised for you. And He put it all right there for us to have it. And He wrapped it up in this book about how He loves us and how He feels about us. And once you know it, then you've got to believe it. And once you believe it, watch this, you've got to speak it. You've got to get your speaker on. Amen? Come on, this is getting good. How many know in Romans chapter 10, 10, it says, For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. In other words, when you believe, you put yourself in a right standing with God. When you believe in Jesus, when you believe that you're saved, when you get in faith and understand that God gave His life for you, then you become righteous. It's not nothing else. It's your faith. It's not what you do. It's not how you perform. It's not how you dress. It's not how you talk. It's not how you act. It's how you believe. Hallelujah. He says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And watch this. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. How do I become righteous? I mean, if I'm going to receive anything from God, i got to be in a right standing with God. Righteousness means a right standing. I have a right standing with Him. If I'm going to receive anything from God, I've got to be in a righteous position. Isn't that right? How do I become righteous? It ain't about what I wear. It ain't how long my hair is or how many tattoos I got. It's not how much makeup I wear or put makeup on, take makeup off, wear earrings, don't wear earrings. It's not whether or not I go to the movies. It's not whether or not I play poker. That's not how I become righteous. I become righteous by believing that what God has done through Jesus' Son is sufficient to satisfy the penalty for all my sin. It's in my heart if I believe it. And now because I believe that what he said his son did for me is true in him, I am accepted and I am the beloved. Because I believe. Hmm? And when I believe that, all my filthy rags and all my dysfunction and all my everything becomes righteousness. Am I helping anybody today? All right, hold on to your seat. I ain't got time to go real deep with you this morning, but, but I want to give you something. You can do nothing. Whew. Hope you're ready for this. You can do 